Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Mythology Central Podcast. Very excited to introduce today's guest reader, which is Garrett, from the YouTube channel and Instagram account Told in Stone. And, well, he'll explain it better than I do. So today he is going to be reading Belphron and Pegasus from Greek mythology. And without any further ado, I will let Garrett take it away. Hi there, I'm Dr. Garrett Ryan, and I run toldinstone.com, a website about the ancient Greeks and Romans. When Owen contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in sharing my favorite myth, I immediately thought of Bellerophon and Pegasus. Everybody knows about Pegasus, that immortal winged horse born from the blood of Medusa. Bellerophon, on the other hand, seems to be stuck on Greek mythology's B-team. He had, as we'll see, all the attributes of a great Greek hero, a tragic backstory, a monster to kill, and hubris to spare. But all his impressive achievements were overshadowed by a tragic end. Bellerophon was the son of the king of Corinth, or possibly of Poseidon. As so often in Greek myth, there are several versions of his story. Whoever his father was, Bellerophon grew up in the royal palace of Corinth, and it was in Corinth that he killed either his brother or a local aristocrat. We don't know how or why he did this, but we do know that the murder forced him to flee his native city. Bellerophon ended up in the court of Proteus, who ruled a neighboring kingdom. There he got into even deeper trouble. Bellerophon was young, handsome, and running from a troubled past. He had, in other words, more than his share of sex appeal, and Proteus's wife soon fell desperately in love with him. But when she revealed her feelings to the young hero, Bellerophon refused her advances. Enraged, the queen went to her husband and claimed that Bellerophon had tried to rape her. This put Proteus in a bit of a pickle. His first impulse was to kill Bellerophon, but he had been the young man's host, and Greek culture regarded the relationship between host and guest as sacred. Bellerophon, Proteus decided, should die, but somebody else had to kill him. To that end, Proteus packed Bellerophon off to Lycia, where his father-in-law Eobates was king. Eobates welcomed Bellerophon with nine days of feasts. Then he finally read the letter that Proteus had sent him, from which he learned that he was supposed to kill Bellerophon. Eobates had no desire to stain his palace with the guest's blood, so he decided, like Proteus before him, to outsource Bellerophon's murder. At this time, conveniently, Lycia was being ravaged by a terrible monster known as the Chimera. The Chimera was a huge, fire-breathing lion with a viper for a tail, which meant that anyone who got too close could be simultaneously poisoned, mauled, and roasted. The Chimera, in other words, was quite good at killing people. Eobates had a perfect assassin. At dinner the next day, he casually mentioned the Chimera to Bellerophon, remarking that it sure would be awfully nice if some strapping young hero would dispose of this menace. Bellerophon rose to the bait and volunteered to kill the Chimera. The question, of course, was how. The only way, Bellerophon decided, was to fly over the monster and kill it with arrows, and the only way to fly was to capture Pegasus. At a loss about how to do this, he slept one night in the temple of Athena. As he slept, the goddess appeared to him in a dream, instructing him to control the horse with a golden bridle. When he woke, lo and behold, he found a golden bridle in his hand. Thus equipped, Bellerophon set out to the sacred spring where Pegasus was known to drink. 
he found the horse waiting there. It bowed its head and accepted the golden bridle. Bellerophon flew back to Lycia to confront the Chimera. He found the beast in a remote wilderness, roaring and belching streams of fire. Circling over the monster, he shot dozens of arrows into its back, swooping low to drive his shots home, and soaring high to avoid gouts of flame. As the Chimera weakened, he ventured closer and closer. Finally, as the monster's fireball started to fail, he swooped down and dropped a hunk of lead into the fiery mouth. The lead melted, and the monster choked. Victorious, Bellerophon flew back to a very surprised and deeply disappointed Eobates. He welcomed the hero back with a forced smile, and then sent Bellerophon on a new quest to subdue a famously violent northern tribe. Bellerophon did so by the simple expedient of flying over their army and dropping rocks on the more prominent warriors. When Bellerophon returned unscathed, Eobates sent him again to attack the even more dangerous Amazons. Thanks to Pegasus, Bellerophon again prevailed. At last, Eobates dropped all pretense and sent his bodyguards to attack Bellerophon. Bellerophon, inevitably, killed them all. Seeing at last that Bellerophon was favored by the gods, a rather sheepish Eobates decided to patch things up by giving him one of his daughters in marriage. Bellerophon became rich and respected, renowned throughout Greece for his exploits. But after a while, the fame started to go to his head. He took long rides on Pegasus, reflecting on the great things he had achieved. Surely he was worthy of joining the gods. And so, one fateful day, he decided to fly up to Mount Olympus. He spurred Pegasus high, higher than he had ever flown before. The mountain's snowy summit sparkled in the distance, crowned by the gilded palaces of the gods. But the gods knew he was coming and they had no interest in welcoming an upstart mortal to their ranks. As Bellerophon neared the summit, a biting fly sent by Zeus bit Pegasus. The great horse bucked, and down the hero fell, plummeting through the circling clouds. The landing shattered his limbs, but he lived on as a cripple, who wandered all his life in the wide plains of Lycia, a living testament to the dangers of hubris. So, there you have it the story of Bellerophon and Pegasus. I hope you enjoyed it, and encourage you to check out toldenstone.com for more interesting tidbits about the ancient Greeks and Romans. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Owen for inviting me.